happens when two pastors with more than 40 years of ministry experience start confessing some stuff. Find out next on 41 Strong Podcast. Welcome to 41 Strong Podcast. My name is Chuck Tate. This is my co-host, Mike Womer. Today is episode 140. Can you believe it? Wow, 140. Man. Yeah. Well, we have a lot of stuff to talk about today. Before we do, man, how you doing? I'm good. How yeah. about you? I'm doing well. Awesome. Awesome, Thank awesome, you. awesome. Thanks for having me again today. Yeah, thanks for joining me, man. Yeah. It's always a pleasure to, to have you on. I always feel a little bit more comfortable <laughs> when, when you're in the saddle. So. Cool. Cool. All right. Well, listen, 41 Strong is a podcast that delivers encouraging scriptures and stories to help people like you hold on and stand strong. So today, our hope is that you will be encouraged when we just get transparent for a few minutes. I mean, you've been a lead pastor for almost six years. Almost six as a lead pastor, yep. Okay. I got 21 years in. There you go. So we have combined 27 years experience in leading a church. Absolutely. That we planted. Yes. All right. So then we probably have more than 40 years of ministry experience. I've been in ministry now. This fall will be 30 years. I've been, wow, um, nine, eight. Almost 19 years. Eight, wow. Yeah, so, almost 18 years. 18 years. Wow. So 48 years experience combined. That's a lot of experience and failing. <laughs> a lot of failing. <laughs> uh, a lot of ministry, a lot of... Oh, um, we didn't start that process yet. Or we were confessing. Oh. Yeah. Um, I mean, how many times have you ever just thought, I wish I didn't do ministry? I mean, have you ever thought that? Maybe, maybe, maybe. So you how haven't. how real is this conversation? Well, like how real do we want to be? It's being recorded live. <laughs> it's streaming on Facebook right now. I'm oh, sure man. that some people now are listening to it um, when it's no longer live. Those that are, you know, you oh, well, I, iTunes. If or I'm being yeah. honest, yeah. and I've shared this before, so it's not anything secret. I have um, thought many times, what on earth am I doing? What, like I have thought, what on earth am I doing? Why am I doing this? What did I do to my family? What did I do to myself? There has to be a better way to make a living. Yeah, all, all those thoughts. Sure. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't say consistently, but definitely more than once I've asked those questions. All right. So then let's talk about that for a little bit before sure. we get into some more confessions. What kept you? And what continues to keep you from throwing in the ministry towel and pursuing something else? Well, for me, it's, it's really just one simple thing. I'm doing what I know God called me to do. Oh, bam. Bottom cool. line. That no matter what happens, no matter how I feel, no matter even the results sometimes, I am doing what God's called me to do. Yeah. The cool thing about the process is, though, that as I am going and as I am doing the things that God has called me to do and as life is taking place, I am seeing things happen. So, like, when I'm at one of those moments that it's like, oh, yeah, I'm done. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that's it. I, I can't keep doing this. This is ridiculous. Nobody can keep doing this stuff, right? 
when I get into that pity party moment, yeah. it's usually then, around then, that God shows me something that has happened, an impact mm. that I've made or a message that I've preached that brought salvation in someone's life or whatever the case or is. You get an email or a text message. Yeah, or a text message, message. Yeah, saying, saying, hey, thank you. Absolutely. That is, it's usually in those moments when that comes and it's just like, huh. <laughs> okay. It's kind of like, I liken it, and this is a, probably a very crude comparison, but I liken it to when I play golf, okay. right? I'm not a great golfer. I love playing golf. I'm not a horrible golfer, but I get out there and I hit around the golf course and literally usually hit around the golf course. And um, I, I had this hole where it's like, sh- stroke the ball beautifully. And I'm like, wow, look at that, right in the middle of the fairway. And then the next shot comes up, boom, like, wow, I'm 12 inches from the hole and boom, next shot, birdie. I'm like, I birdied the hole. <laughs> and all that means is that just sucked me in for another 18 holes on another day. Yeah. You know, I'll spend another yeah. 50 bucks or, hey, let me go buy another dozen balls. Or, you know, it just sucks <laughs> me in for that. That victory, that one victory on that one hole supersedes the other 17 holes where I failed. What sucks me in is the fact that maybe I'll, someday I'll get a birdie. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I've so, got to keep coming back because I've got to be like Mike. I've got to get. Yeah, I don't know about that. Hey, but, uh, yeah, go ahead. But that's true. That's it's like that's how it is in, in ministry. As far as I can, as far as I can tell, so far in my shorter season, is that every one victory is like, man, God, I'm doing what you called me to do, yeah. and I'm energized by it. I'm encouraged by it. Or yeah. you know, I come off of preaching a message, and I'm like, sometimes if I feel like, man, sometimes I'm like, wow, that was. I don't even know what I said. Was that any good at all? Yeah. And then someone comes out and says, wow, that is just what I needed to hear. And it's just like, it's that, yeah. it's that encouragement to say, you know, you're, you're on the right track. You're on yeah. the right track. Plus, just a lot of what other people have said to me in my life, mentoring-wise, coaching-wise, that has been just a huge benefit to keeping me like, grounded when those times come when I'm like disturbed, I'm, I'm down or I'm broken or I'm worn out or whatever. It's like... You know, it's just different things that have been told to me along the way that have made the journey. Like, you say, hey, you know what? Yeah. It's worth it. Yeah. And it's working. Amen. So. It's also an, an indicator when you get a message like that, that the Holy Spirit is still at work and he will send the right people at the right time to speak into your life, to give Absolutely. you a message. And we don't live for those messages, but it's moments like that. God uses that. To keep us strong, oh, absolutely. And to keep us moving forward, and I'm sure you've experienced uh, many times what I have, and that is, I'll get done preaching and think that's the worst message I've ever <laughs> preached in my life. I can't even believe they let me do this. <laughs> I can't believe they pay me to do this. Yeah, I can't right? believe God called me to do this because that was a train wreck. <laughs> For me, I'm, like, I'm ready it. to get in my car and drive out of town. Text my wife, let her know where I'm at, and say, get the family and meet me here. Let me tell you something. You know I what? am done. You are so right. <laughs> and, and the word that has, sits in my head every time I think to have that thought is somebody once told me, listen, when you come done, when you come down from preaching or anything that you ever do, you got to remember two things. Number one, it's nowhere near as bad as you just thought it was. <laughs> yeah. But on the flip side, vice versa, it's nowhere near as good, good. as you thought it was yeah. either, you know, because yeah. I mean, how many times we come off the plane, like, man, I killed that. Yeah. And nobody has anything to say. It's like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bring, come on down. Come on down. I don't ever... Okay. <laughs> Chuck, you yeah. kill it every time. So we're not, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I'm talking about I'm me. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> so, um, you know, what usually happens in those moments is God will have somebody that will 
uh, uh, you know, um, uh, approach you, approach me, and, and with some encouragement. And then, honestly, what it does is it confirms that the Holy Spirit's at work. And if he can use a donkey, then he can, then he can use me. We know that God can use anything. I just have to be obedient, yeah. to be willing to deliver a message. But it's so encouraging when something like that happens. And, you know, for me, it was a few weeks ago, Saturday night, and um, I just wasn't feeling it. And, of course, we don't live by feelings. We live by faith. Sometimes we do live by feelings. We're not supposed to. As humans, we do. We make decisions based on how we feel. Even, oh, yeah. even pastors. Oh, I was a little bit discouraged after the service, but then somebody came up and told me the message was just for me. And I think it, maybe it was just for them. I don't <laughs> know if anyone else... You know, okay, okay. But uh, that's the Holy Spirit. You know, I'm, and I just say, you know, thank you, God. Multiple times I've driven home on a Saturday night um, thinking about what other states, what other cities need a church that are close to a beach or the bottom of a mountain. But then on Sundays, I usually leave... I'm driving home thinking about, man, we need a bigger facility. You know, or I'm, I'm encouraged. It's just kind of, a, it's a roller coaster. Yes, it is. Right? And but this is why we can't live by feelings. That's right. But only we have by to faith. live by faith. And you hit it on the head. If you're called to do it, that's you've it. got to stick it out. Yep. And I mean, and there's so many cliched scriptures we can talk about and discuss in this process, but the one that always jumps off the page and always talks, and it's not just relegated to pastors, it's relegated to everyone and anyone, but um, obviously we're talking about us right now and, and, our, and our confessions, is, you know, Romans 8.28, when it says, you know, that God causes all things to work for the, for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose, you know? So loving God, being called, walking it out, he makes everything work out, yeah. even in the midst of difficult things and yes. troubling things and trial things. He makes it work out. So He really does. In fact, one of the things I said this last weekend was he, it, that scripture doesn't say that everything is good. No. But we know that he can bring good from everything. There are seasons of ministry that are gut-wrenching. Yep. There are season of ministry, seasons of ministry that can damage you if yep. you allow them to damage you. But we know that God works good through all those seasons. And that's why I can look back after 21 years and say, I'm still glad that I did this. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't trade it. I would trade some moments, but I wouldn't sure. overall trade the calling that God has on me because I've seen the fruit and I've seen God take something that I thought was a train wreck and turn it around to save somebody's life. So I got a question for you. Oh man. Have you ever, speaking of acting and feelings, because yeah. we do that from time to time. Have you ever woke up, woken up on a Sunday morning or on a Saturday evening, perhaps at like four o'clock in the afternoon and just said, yeah, I don't feel like going to church today. <laughs> I never, no. Because no. yeah. if you say no, I'm going to walk out yeah, the door so, and think that something's wrong with me because yeah. I've woken up on a Sunday morning like, nah, not today. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you've probably heard the story you've probably used this illustration in a message before but it was like the one day the guy woke up and he told his wife you know what I'm, I'm done I'm not going to church today she said yeah you are and um, the husband said no I'm not going I don't feel like it she goes we live by faith not by feelings get your butt out of bed you're going to church and he was ticked he's like I'm so tired of of always feeling like I have to be there and she said again this is what we do it's Sunday, eat your breakfast, get dressed, we're going to church. And he, he finally, he just was fed up. 
And he asked her, he said, why? Give me a reason. Give me one good reason why I have to go today. She said, because you're the pastor. <laughs> right? So, yeah. uh, dang it. So, yeah, there, there have been many times where, and honestly, you know, our church, we have a Saturday service. And um, that's tough because birthday parties and special events and family gatherings, there are so many things that happen on a Saturday afternoon. And this is a commitment that we made. And whether it's long-term, I don't know. If, we, if, if somebody out there watching right now wants to write a $2 million check so we can build <laughs> a new facility on our property, we already have the site plan, the blueprints in place. But if that happens, then we would probably not do Saturdays until we needed to do them. Um, but until then, we're, we're doing Saturdays because uh, my, my friend Cal Rickner from Northwoods Church um, asked me this question, you know, what's the, the greatest limitation of Rock Church? This was several years ago. And I said, our building, our facility is too small. He said, okay, so um, I just want you to know, he said, I'm going to use a Rick Warren quote, but you can never let your shoe determine how big your foot's going to grow. Mm. So then he said this to me. So let me get this right. You have people in your community going to hell because you don't have room for them. Yeah, that's I'm like, not... you know what? Saturdays sound pretty good right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we, we added a Saturday not too long after that. We've still gone. But it, it's hard. Sure. And, um, but um, there have been Sunday mornings, too. I mean, there's weeks where, yeah, I don't, um, I don't, I don't. I don't feel it. Um, I'd rather just chill. I'd rather be with my family. I'd rather sleep. I was going to say, I'd, I'd much <laughs> rather sleep sometimes. <laughs> but, you know, God always shows up because when you gather together with the community of believers and you worship, that ushers in his presence, in his presence, fullness of joy, joy that's our strength. So I always leave strengthened. Um, however, when I'm really tired, and sometimes you can lay it all out, sometimes when you're done, after you've just given, then, yeah, discouragement can, sure. can, can set in. But yeah, to answer your question, yes, there's days where I don't feel like going. And I know there's people watching that don't feel like going, but here's what we got to remember. Hebrews says, don't get out of the habit. And, you know, I'm so grateful. You know, when I was in Bible college, I got out of the habit of going to church. In Bible college. In Bible Imagine college. That. <laughs> I was being trained to be a pastor. I missed more church in my first year of Bible college than I had probably my entire life. Because I grew up in church and ministry. Went to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. There was something in the middle somewhere. You know, I always went to church. But in Bible college... I justified not going because I had chapel every day. And in fact, I missed so many chapels, I got fined. True story. Um, <laughs> but I, I, um, I justified. I'm like, here, I'm, I'm, I'm being trained every day. I'm in Bible classes. I have chapel. Eh. But you know what? It was, it's, boy, the more you miss, the harder it is to get back into that groove. So for those watching right now, and you haven't been to church in a while, no condemnation, but guess what? It's going to help you in life. It's yeah. going to benefit. You're going to be strengthened, encouraged, because Hebrews says, don't get out of the habit of meeting together for worship. Instead, encourage each other all the more until that day approaches when Christ returns. So check this out. You will benefit from worship. You will benefit from the Word. But sometimes you need to come to church just to be encouraged by someone you're sitting with. Yeah. Absolutely. I think, I think more often than not, the idea of doing life together in that community is the greatest importance. 
You know, worship is great. You know, worship's awesome. You know, at Rock Church, you guys blaze it and rock out, and it's amazing. And 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 your worship leader does an amazing job. And at our church, it's obviously very different yeah, you, from yours. But we have phenomenal worship leaders. And you guys throw it down too. I've, and they I've are, been and to they one are, of your worship, worship leaders. Yeah, they're and your amazing. And so, and the message comes, comes, it's practical, it's powerful, it's filled with faith and encouragement. But even more than some of those things are the connections you make with people while you're there. The encouraging word that someone speaks to you or, wow, it's so good to, I mean, I don't know how many, I love just being seen. And someone says, wow, it's so good to see you. That just yeah. feels good. Like, wow, it, it's good to see me. All right, that's yeah. cool. I yeah. like that, you know? Yeah. So I, I, I was the same way. Like, I, I didn't grow up in church. And I didn't go to Bible college, but when I gave my life to Christ in my, in my, tw- in my mid-20s, early to mid-20s, um, church just became a thing. And it's, all, it's what we did. We always did. I didn't ever miss church. I went on vacation. I found a church to go to while I was on vacation. You know, it was just, it's just what we did. And, and it's stayed that way mm. so much so that even still today, if I'm on vacation, I'm trying to find a church that I can go to, yeah, that I can cool. visit. Because um, I haven't done that. And my kids are the same way. My kids are like, <laughs> it's church. It's what yeah. we do. Um, I have three teenagers. They don't always want to be there. Yeah. Sometimes they're like, oh, you know, but, sure. but event, they, get, they get around to getting there. They always get there. They always have a good attitude when they're there. It's the, you know, it's because it's, it's just, no, this is what we do. Yeah. And because it's what we do, it helps actually grow their faith. So like with, my, with teenagers, you know how that can be, yeah. the questioning and challenging of faith and questioning what they believe and everything. And it's not, it, doesn't always, it doesn't always rest you know, on me mm-hmm. to do. They come to church and somebody else there encourages them. Yeah. And they come back and say, Dad, this so-and-so told me this today. And it was like, thank you, Jesus. Yes. You know? Yeah, so, so let's, let's unpack that a little bit because I know there are parents watching and some of them feel like it's too late in the game for them to force their kids to go to church. And there's other parents watching that don't feel you should ever force your kids to church. And I, and maybe we would disagree on this, but I absolutely think you have to force your kids to go to church. You're the parent, and until they're 18 or out of the house, and if they're 18 and living in your house, it's still your house, it's still your rules. My kids are always going to go to church, and that's not just because I'm a pastor. Here's why. Because even if they don't want to go, even if they despise it, by being there, that gives the Holy Spirit an opportunity to grab a hold of their heart in a service through a message, through a word, through an encouragement from somebody else, through a song. I am giving God the opportunity to grab their hearts. Yeah. So. And I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm on the same thought process and for the same exact reason. I, for me, it's get there because I know God has the opportunity to grab a hold of their heart. I know the Holy Spirit has an opportunity to impact them and fill them and encourage them and build them up. And, and, and to be honest with you, my whole journey of faith started because I didn't have a choice. Mm. I met my wife in a bar. Oh, yeah, this is oh, good. sorry, babe. This is good. So I met my wife in a bar. Yeah, here's a confession for you. So yeah. I met my yeah. wife in a bar. I was unsaved, living my own life, and this is the only place I would actually go religiously was to the bar and have drinks and, and party and drink beer, and that was, my, that was my world, and that's what I loved. And so she was there dancing with friends because she enjoyed it, and a whole other story to that. There's a backstory there, but um, we met that night, and... I fell for her almost instantaneously. And then literally a couple weeks later, she's like, I can't keep living like this. You know, I've got, I've got to get back into church. I've got to serve the Lord. And I was like, what? I don't even know what that means, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, okay, whatever. She's like, I'm going to go to church. So first time I went, I was like, yeah, okay, cool. I'll go. Nut jobs in church. 
I'm like, no, these people are crazy. So I was like, I'm not going back, right? There's a whole lot more to the story. I'm just giving you the brief version. There are some. I, I, became, I became one of them. But uh, so long story short, she said, well, if we're, if you, I mean, if you even want to have any chance of dating me, we're going to go to church. So guess where I was You're on a Sunday ladies. morning? I went Put to church. Put your foot down. I went to church. And because, I was, uh, because she told me that was, she drew the line, said, that's it. I mean, what happened? Six weeks. Six weeks I went to church like this. And in that sixth week in December of 1998, God just grabbed a hold of my heart. The Holy Spirit just broke me, wow. gave my life to Christ, and now I preach the gospel. Wow. And so as a child, obviously, I didn't go that path. I wasn't forced to go that path. I didn't go that path. But as an adult, my soon-to-be wife would tell me, get there. So I think just for that reason, not to lord it over my kids, not to be in domination of my kids, not to be in charge of everything or in control of everything, but just to give God the opportunity to move in their lives. I love it. And you need more opportunity. Same thing with youth camp. Youth camps and not as a is non-negotiable in my house. They go, period. They just came back from camp and all three of my kids right now are like on fire. They're in devotionals. They're studying scripture. Even my son, who's had some more challenges because the way he thinks, he's like embracing the, the gospel and he's doing devotionals. He's talking to his sister. I'm like, oh, this, this is it. This is, this is why we do it. He added her back on Instagram. I mean, wow. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I love that because uh, for... I didn't go this year, but for the last, I went nine, the last nine years in a row up to this year, um, had the opportunity to do a camp that impacted me. Um, in fact, my first real experience with the Holy Spirit was in fifth grade at camp because I couldn't leave, right? And yeah. God got a hold of me. And um, I've been blessed with the opportunity to minister at the same camp the last nine years. I'm so bummed that I couldn't go this summer. It was two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and our worship pastor was there. So, um, man. But there's just, it's just uh, there's it, something it, powerful about putting people in position yeah. for God to get a hold of them. That's why I push yes. the local church. That's why I tell people, you have to be in church. That's yes. why every single week I post on Facebook, get to church, get to church, get to church. Yes. Because it gives God the opportunity to grab a hold of you. And I honestly, I would, I would say, you know what? Test it out. Test the, test the theory out. Look at not making them go and see how many opportunities God has had over the course of whatever span of time you want to look at that God's gotten the opportunity to get a hold of them and, and look and evaluate where their lives actually are and even your own, mm-hmm. like where your life actually is. And then literally just say, I'm going to commit to going to church for 90 days, for three months, yep. 12 Sundays. Love In the it. grand scheme of life, how many is 12? Yeah. Nothing. I'm going to commit to going to church for 90 days. I guarantee, this is how much I believe in, I guarantee in 90 days you'll have an experience with the Holy Spirit that will change your life. Amen. Amen. Well, you know, back to camp, nine years, I saw God move in every single heart because those kids couldn't leave. They had to be in the service. They can't go home. They're an hour and a half from their house. They're in camp. And by the last night, the Holy Spirit broke every single one of them at the altar, crying, you know, sucking rug, giving their life to Jesus. (laughs) Sucking rug. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, so so parents, be encouraged. um, Put your foot down in love. And get your kids to church and watch what happens. And for those of you that are watching and you're not in church, get yourself to church. We don't feel like it. And we're pastors. <laughs> we don't live by feelings. We live by faith. Give the Holy Spirit the opportunity. And yes, he can move wherever. It doesn't have to be in a church service. No. But there are so many more opportunities when you're there in the presence of God, the worship, other people, community of believers. The enemy wants you to isolate yourself and live off on some island. God created you to do life with others. 
You need a squad. You need people in your life that believe in you, love you, who encourage you, who give you the truth, point out your blind spots, hold your arms up, help carry you through seasons of difficulty. What better place than the house of God? Amen. I mean, it's the bride of Christ. Yes. That's what he died for. He died for the church. Yes. And not the four walls of the building. It's the people. Amen. And he died for those people. And Man. That's where that's where we good stuff. It's good, dude. We're out of time already. Man, wow. we, yeah, we we we, we flew I, have a, I, I I put down a lot of confessions. We might have to do another have session. Let's come yeah, on. Let's we'll do, do it again. Confession session. Confession well, session. Confession session. <laughs> podcast. <laughs> yeah. I think that's good. Dude, you want you pray and close us out. Father, we thank you right now for your presence. I thank you for this great opportunity we had to just speak and be candid and be honest and be transparent with, with those that are watching. But even it's so beneficial and for us to re, just to remind ourselves, God, that you are constantly on the throne. You are constantly in charge. You are constantly moving on our behalf, God. And even even just like uh, Paul wrote in Romans, you know, you cause everything to work for the for our good. And so, God, I thank you for every person who is watching this, who will watch and listen to this. God, I pray you, you'll, your spirit would just bless them. Your spirit would just inhabit the space that they're in right in that moment, that it would be life-changing, and they realize that they're not on an island alone, that they were meant, number one, to be with people, but they already are. There are people in and around their lives that love and care for them that they may not even realize. So, God, I pray that you'll compel them, you'll encourage them, just like the, Jesus at the parable of the great banquet, compel them from the highways and the byways to come in to enjoy the feast that God has laid before us, God, that you call the church. Father, we thank you for all that you've done. We pray blessings over this day in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Though you haven't, if you live in the Peoria area and you're looking for a church, um, there are a lot of really, really solid churches in our area. But um, Pastor Mike is the lead pastor of Relevant Faith Church. They meet every Sunday at 10 o'clock. 10 a.m. 10 a.m. at Landmark Cinemas. Great um, culture. Um, Turn the movie yeah. theater into a church every Sunday. Every Sunday, and it's good stuff. I've been there. And, of course, Rock Church meets Saturdays at 5, Sundays at 9 and 11. And for more information about 41 Strong, go to my website, chuckytate.com. All right, well, thanks for hanging out with us today. Episode 140 is in the can. 141 will come. 141 will come. That's next week. For our producer, Mike Sable, this is Mike Wilmer. I'm Chuck Tate. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. PeoriaLife.com.